episode of reality tonic where we interview people from all walks of life with interesting stories jobs hobbies lifestyles and talents <laughs> rob how are you good how are you i'm doing very good because we are thriving we are going global we're all over the place and we want you the audience to check us out on instagram check us out on spotify check us out on our youtube channel um if you're on instagram our links in our bio when you're on youtube be sure to like and subscribe and smash that like button <laughs> um so our next guest this is a very 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 exciting time not only is it exciting robert mm -hmm. it's magical okay wow our next guest refers to himself as a celebrity magician folks please welcome josh pele magic all right josh how are you i'm good how are you <clears throat> very good thank you very much for coming on so josh i gave you a very 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 brief introduction to the audience why don't you tell us exactly what it is that you do sure i want to say first thank you so much for having me it's really a pleasure to be here the pleasure is ours I'm josh pele magic i am a celebrity magician that means that I and myself have built up quite a following, and I also deal with a lot of very famous people. I perform for tons of celebrities, from athletes to actors to rappers, just about all walks of life. I do all types of shows. You can see me doing clubs, bars, speakeasies. You can see me doing restaurants, brunches, birthdays, weddings, holidays, cruises. The list just goes on. I could probably have like 30 different types of shows that you might find me, or you might just find me recording content, doing magic in the streets or in malls or in different areas, business shops. I do everything. So if somebody goes to you, hey, Josh, what do you do for work? What What's your answer? I don't say I do it. I just get right into it. So my first thing is I just say, let's try something. And then I go into a trick. And then by the time the trick's over, they usually we'll figure it out. So you always nice. have a trick like in your possession? Always. Yeah. Well, I always carry a deck of cards with me. It's like my every, it's what we call an EDC in magic everyday carry. Yes. I don't leave home without a deck. I don't always have all my show supplies, like even my small stuff, but I always am going to have at least a deck on me. Do you have a specific deck of cards? It's like, this is the one or is it interchange? Does it change all the time? No, I keep my deck, my deck simple. You know, I do a lot of things where I might be folding cards, burning cards, mm -hmm. bending cards, giving them away. So my decks can break down quickly. So I usually just use your typical bicycle, red or blue deck. They're um, $3 a pop, nice. get them in like bulk. So just keep it consistent, cheap, simple, because I'm definitely going to be losing them very fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, burning them. Yeah, that's awesome. So... How long have you been doing this? I've been doing magic and same time being a professional magician for three years now. Three years. Okay. How old are you? Would you mind sharing to the audience? I'm 24. 24 nice. years old. So if my math is correct, Robert, it's 24, 23. <laughs> so since you were 21? Yeah. About <laughs> All right. Is that right, Rob? Good math, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're really. So, Josh, let's continue. So what made you decide you wanted to start getting into magic? It's honestly a very random story. I was on a trip to Italy by myself to visit a friend. And this was a few years ago. So, you know, technology wasn't as advanced as we know technology goes quickly. So planes weren't really as TV centric, Wi-Fi centric, this and that. So I kind of really had two options, right? What do people do on planes? They sleep and they read. I wasn't a reader and I was, I like sleeping, but what if I can't fall asleep on the plane? I have a problem, you know, I have six and a half hours to kill. So I wanted to find something for myself to kind of fidget. I don't really play video games, so I'm not going to have a handheld console or any of that. So I don't read, don't play handheld. Just need something to fidget with, really. So I just took a deck of cards with me. While on the plane, I'm fidgeting with them, just messing around. I don't know any magic tricks. I don't do magic. I don't have anything related to that field. But I came up with like an idea for what I thought would be a, a good magic trick. But there's only one way to really test an idea. So once I arrived in Italy, I started just doing it over and over. I was going around the streets to random people in front of the church, which is Dolmo, a really popular cathedral there. 
doing it on the subways, doing it on the trolleys, and I didn't speak Italian. And surprisingly, a lot of them did not speak English, but I had a friend translate. So it was like three-way combos with strangers continuously doing one trick over and over with really good response. So I came back to the U.S., started doing more tricks, and it kind of grew to the here. Wow. In, in what, three short years, you've grown to be a celebrity magician. Yeah. So you start off doing your thing on the streets. Do we start making any money at, at like right at the beginning? Walk us through that. Yeah, so I come back and I do another trick and I'm like, okay, like I'm a magician now. I don't know what a magician does. I don't know how to be a magician. I don't know anything. I'm just, hey, I'm a magician. That's it. Like I'm convinced to myself that I'm like this. And I just said, why not post about it? So I found a, my community Facebook group. My like town has like one for people putting recommendations for tutors and local shops and businesses and services. So I said I was a magician and see if anyone would hire me and someone hired me to do their kids show. I was like, nice. And for the time, they were like $150, which once you become a magician, that's actually very, very low for magic. But at the time, I was like, $150 to do this? Cool. But same time, I had to do an hour show for kids. I've never done magic for kids. I've never done an hour, and I only know one trick. But I'm the type <laughs> of person to just take any opportunity. So I was like, let's do it. And I figured it out. Uh, I had a good show. It was great. And then I was like, kept going with it. And I started to do too much too fast. I tried to do a 365-day challenge where I would post a different trick every single day for a year. Mind you, I still only know like five at this point. So it's going to be really hard because I still have to learn the tricks. Like now, if I had to do that challenge, it'd be so easy. I know easily over 365 tricks. And by the time I get to that, I'll have, you know, tons more. But, but then it was, it was really tough learning and recording and just getting that out there. So I burnt out really, really quick. I, I lasted a while. I got to like day 128, 128 or so. So close to like, halfway of a year i don't think it was a full six months but it was pretty good but i just was, was over it was too much did too too much too fast quit completely and then so about two of those three years was just no magic really hmm. i didn't know it and then about a year ago a little over a year ago now i got uh this opportunity to do a show at a restaurant it was like a mix between a brunch and a restaurant so it was loud loud music smoke machines dj but it's a restaurant people are sitting down eating and it kind of dove me into this nightlife realm where I kind of started doing more shows, more restaurants, more clubs, started meeting famous people, doing a lot of celebrities. And then the brand just you know, grew from there. I knew what kind of targets I wanted, learned a lot about how to you know, maintain these relationships, build more residencies, get more shows. And now it's just been you know, thankfully very successful and hopefully a lot more success coming soon. Wow. So you could earn a full-time salary doing magic, strictly magic? If my shows are consistent, yes. Wow. But that's the problem with magic. It's like with your nine to five, you know you're getting paid nine to five. So on a given day, you know how much you make. On a, on a magic, you could have no shows and then suddenly they all pop up. It's it's very sporadic. So I would say consistency is very easy to get a great salary with magic, but that consistency is not always the easiest thing to have. And you're never guaranteed it. One good year doesn't mean the next one will repeat. You know, you said you're doing it just just recent years so to learn all the tricks and stuff like that now is there like like where do you go to learn all that is it books is it youtube like i assume most magicians aren't like willing to just tell you how they did it right you know, so, so just curious about that uh, magic is like one of those things where every everything you do really is based on fundamentals right you can't be good at anything if you don't master the basics and if you go further without mastering the basics it's going to come to haunt you and it's one of those things where once you know a few basic principles, you kind of mix mix and match which ones you're going to use. And most effects are, if not this principle, it's that or a mix of them. And obviously, there's still so many different variations that you still won't know everything. But a good amount of stuff you kind of put together as a magician. You'll know it's it's this. If not this, it's partially this or this moment. So for me, once I get to like that fundamental base, I kind of make my own style. Right? There's so many tricks. And then each magician decides like, he sees a new trick. Does he want to do it? Like, is that his style? Does it make sense for him? You know, people do tricks with handkerchiefs, right? I'm in a club. I don't know why I would have a handkerchief in a club. I don't do that. But for other scenarios, there's great moments for that or just in general in the street. So you kind of build up your repertoire from what you know. And then from there, you kind of decide you can go and buy tricks. Like there are magicians whose lifetime and, you know, life earnings, their salary is based on they create tricks they do the whole marketing material. They they do a video of what the trick is, go out and perform it. So you have like a little footage of this is the trick. 
this is me using it in the real world. And then they sell it to magicians to buy and magicians look at it and say, I like this, let me order it. And the trick will come with the props and the instructions and even like a tutorial on how to make your own if you yours breaks or you need another one. Um, but that can be very expensive. You know, it's not like a mass produced thing. So these things can cost like, you know, $30 each. But again, if you want like five, you're spending $150 on tricks. That's, you can get a lot. There's also like downloads, which are the digital cheaper where you can get through a lot. So for me, it's more about, I, I choose what I like and I choose my own ideas. So I kind of create what I want for different celebrities. I know what things I think they'd enjoy. So I have enough foundation to where I just create my own routines, create my own show, create my own um, tricks. But I also, I actively look at, you know, if something's on the market and I find it cool, I want to splurge, but it gets to a point where it's like anything else. If you like something as a hobby, you're going to buy a ton of it and never use it. And so like, I have that mistake of I bought a ton of magic last January mm-hmm. and I haven't even started looking at <laughs> half of it until like two weeks ago. So it's been a whole year sitting in my room. Wow. I, even look, I don't even remember what the tricks are by the names anymore. I have to open the packaging and take a look. But So you just have a whole thing of magic in your room? Tons of stuff. I have <laughs> stuff in here. How much How much money worth of magic is in your room? It's a lot. Definitely thousands. Wow. That's a lot. And then I also have like a lot of decks in here. Now, not all of this I paid for. Some of them are gifts and everything. But magic books, I have some. They get sent to me in this, but magic books can't be printed like Amazon books. So magic books is going to run you like 40 to $60 on the low end. So if you have like four books, you'd think, Oh, you know, maybe a hundred four books can be like $200. So you're not wow. going, there's no like magic university or anything like that. There's no school. There are. Uh, but usually that's more like when you're, you know, most kids get into magic as a kid and you go into like, you know, there's camps, there's teachers, there's this, I kind of, you know, getting into a 21 you're not you're too old for the camp and i didn't even know about the camp i mean there you could hire a teacher but you know magic lessons are expensive and for me i don't i don't need them i don't have the desire to that kind of build up on myself what i want to do and with the lesson they're kind of going to show you teach you what they you know feel for their curriculum i kind of i like the creativity of doing things on my own uh but there's definitely you know books out there i'm very bad at reading magic books i love reading magic books are little challenging you know it's not always easy to tell if you're doing something right based on a drawing in a book you know you see a video of someone doing it you can literally see how it's supposed to look yeah uh so for me i you know if i need a video i prefer a video otherwise i kind of just just build on myself decide what would be cool and then figure out how to make it happen so are you beefing with any magicians or anything like that like have you experienced that street life part of it being a performer um i don't beef with any magicians i think we all like do our own thing and it's one of those things where you kind of grow together i did notice that when i first started i you know i had similar questions to what you're asking like how do you build it and for me i just wanted to do my thing like i just want to go i didn't want to waste time learning a lot and i just wanted to go out and perform because for me i i don't care about messing up if i have a trick i'm just gonna go and do it because for me i see that as a win-win one i go and do it and it works and it's successful or two, I mess up. But messing up is great because when you do magic, you don't know that you met. They don't know you messed up. So for me, if I mess up, I'll pivot. And if I pivot and you know finish out the routine and they enjoy it, same thing as if I did it right. But now I have two tricks. I have the pivoted version, which maybe I actually like and you know start messing up on purpose because I like the way it played out and the actual trick I wanted to. So now I have more tricks because I wasn't ready to perform it and I ended up creating another one. Wow. So I like that. In terms of beefing, I did, you know, reach out to magicians and say, hey, I wanted to talk. And every single time the few magicians I reach out, they're all so willing. They gave me their number. They wanted to chat. We talked. I asked for advice. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm building a relationship here. Like I've met some magicians. They're cool. I look up to them and, you know, whatever. Every single one just after that call ignored every other message I sent them. It was that call mm-hmm. and it was it. Just ignored me. And now so, years later, I see like a majority of them. Um, now they're all suddenly watching all of my videos and following me and this and that, which I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. The only like beef moment I ever had was I was at my, my local college bar. I went to Rutgers university and I came back to do it. I would always do magic there. And I guess there's this other kid who did magic and he was doing some tricks and I was curious like what kind of tricks he did for like this one group. So I went up to that group. It was like two people. And I was like, Hey, like, 
what uh, what tricks did he show you? And then like he gave me an idea based on what they described. I had an idea for a new effect that I like had worked on. So I thought it'd be a perfect way to uh -oh. continue. Uh -oh. And I, and I and I say, all right, well, let me show you. As soon as I take out the cards, I don't even start the trick. This guy runs up, he's like, magic battle, you and me, I do a trick, you trick. And I was just like, this is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I am <laughs> not about to magic battle some stranger in front of other strangers. Like, what's what the, we're we're not measuring dicks here. Like, it's just a magic trick. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. liked your magic. I'm gonna show them tricks. It's not gonna take away from yours. It's not gonna make any of us better. It's just I want to do it. And then like from there, I just like. I didn't even want to do it. As soon as he said that, I thought that was the, I just thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I just said, I don't even want to do a trick anymore. I just like walked away. Yeah. Well, listen, like listen. I'm not doing this. Devil's advocate though. Let's just say you happen to be the only guy in the room that knows a magic trick, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're doing your thing. All of a sudden, randomly out of nowhere at this one party you're at or whatever event, there's another guy who <laughs> who happens to be a magician. This beef gets worse because, you know, oh. like I, I understand that portion. If that was all of it, I would have been like, I get that part. And I thought about that a few times. Like, if that was it. But then I was like, you know, I'm done. I don't want to. I walk back like to my group. And I'm just like, I don't really want to do tricks. You know, this guy seems defensive. Like, I'll let him, you know, do his thing. It's not that big of a deal for me. You know, this isn't a show. This isn't people I, you know, that are going to hire me. These are college kids. Like I could care less about that. So I go back to my group. We're sitting down. And then this kid approaches me again. And he's like bugging me. He's like, he's like, show me a trick. Show me something. I don't know. Like, like this kid, I, I found out he worked at a magic shop. And the thing about working at a magic shop is you're going to know the, you're going to know every trick because you can't work at a magic shop and not know every trick. The reason for that is, is because when you get new product, the new product is the new tricks. And when people come into the store, it's your job to literally perform the newest tricks for them because you want them to buy them. So there is no way that this kid knows, like there's no way that I can do a trick that this kid probably doesn't know or at least have some idea. Like he's just clearly trying to get me to do something because he still wants that higher level, like I'm going to beat you, which I'm like, I'm not doing a trick. There's no, there's, I, I don't even think that I knew I could I think of a trick at that time that he doesn't know. There's no way. If you work at a magic shop, you're going to know every single trick. And if you don't, there's no way a magic shop will hire you. Like your job is day in and day out to do everything from the oldest to the newest moves. And, I, and like the fact that he came up to my group, I'm like, this guy just doesn't leave me alone. Wow. Like it got to a point where I'm I'm being nice and I'm like, just like not saying that. Rude. And like the girl, the girl next to me just like looked him in the face and told him, fuck off. Wow. And he was nice. like, do you know what we're talking about? She was like, yeah, you're annoying us. Fuck off. And just kicked wow. him away. And I was like, yeah. So like that second part really got to me where I like not doing magic, went back to my group, but this kid's still coming out. It's like, a little much. Is there politics in magic from uh, your experience? What kind of politics? Like, um, I don't know. Cause I, I guess I'm trying to equate this maybe to like stand up being like a stand up comedian, right? Like, yeah. Like you know, what's your spot on there and. God, Rob. Mm. Well, is there like some guys that'll say, you know, some magicians don't do any cards at all. Are they like cards suck, you know, or is there like divides uh, between like, yeah, I mean, like there's some tricks. magicians that like usually magicians kind of do their own thing. They don't really care. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there are magicians that maybe say like people do coins because that's pussies or something, something like that. Okay. Like, there, are, there are a few, like, I don't really hear it a lot. Usually the only person I've ever heard say it was like, you know, so well recognized and respected in the magic community that honestly he could say whatever he wants. He could say the worst, most terrible thing and people will applaud him because he's just, that wow. well established in the magic community um the politics really kind of are you know not every trick you do is original it's not yours you know and so if you're going to do someone else's trick sometimes people have like restrictions. sometimes say this is my trick this is what i'm selling it for you buy it you have it other times people say this is my trick this is what i'm selling it for you buy it but i will not allow film any type of film whether not just tv podcast no video footage whatsoever hmm. And then, so, so some people have that. It's kind of like a, a respect thing. That's like the politics of someone, it's their trick and they don't want anyone recording. Like they let you do it, but don't record it. You know, you mm -hmm. kind of have that. And then other times it's, um, it's really just along those lines of, of like the boundaries that people set with their own respective effects. And you just kind of have to respect it. Other than that, there's not really too much politics with magic. So back to the, <clears throat> the magic battle though. Mm -hmm. So the way you said it kind of makes it sound like it's something that does happen in the community. Like I, I don't, I don't think. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I, I don't think there's really much stories of two magicians walking through a just bar. going at it. I was, 
Yeah, like, I didn't I mean, know if you ever had to do like really did have to throw throw down. Have you ever had uh, to, or have you avoided it? No, I mean I kind of just you know, and I, I just kind of read the circumstance. Like if it's another magician, it's like, is this guy wanting to share this moment with me? Because then we could you know I do a trick and he builds off and we go back and forth, but more in like a fun way. It's like a, mm -hmm. a, a duo. Or is this like some guy that like wants to like I mentioned measure dicks and it's like not fun because in that place you. You're you're not the you know, people watching are just like you know laughing at you like what is he doing? But if you're yeah, working together, it makes it more powerful for them because now you have two people kind of building it. So I kind of gauge like what is the intent from like those moments. Like I had another moment like that where someone came up um, to do that, and it was like really cool because he built off of mine, and then I built off his, and we went like back and forth for a little, and it was like fun. What a great so, night for the fans to be part of that, huh? Rob, yeah, imagine you and two I for the time. price of one, or yeah. you know whatever. Yeah. Have you ever gotten? called out on a trick like doing it in front of people and someone going oh, i know how you did that and pointing it out and actually maybe being correct on how you did it uh yes and no uh yes because there's certain tricks where i have multi-phases so for the first phase i will intentionally do a different slight and i will do it with a huge flash with the exact intention of someone catching it now, what happens is sometimes the group doesn't catch it at all, and I just continue with it. Sometimes there is that person that catches it, and that, that's kind of my intent, is I flash for them to catch that slight because it's not the slight I need for my trick, but it's what I want them to see because I want them to call me out on it, say, I know how it's done, I know what you did, because that acts as my misdirection because now the second time where I'm not doing that slight and what he thinks I did is not at all what I'm going to do now. Like He's right, I did it the first time, but I did it because I want him to think that's what I'm doing. The mm -hmm. second move... I do it to him who calls it out and it's more magical because he's convinced he knows how it's done. He saw how it was done. I do it again. And now he's like stumped. So I do That's get cool. called out occasionally when I want to be other times people might call something out. Um, the thing about magic and what makes it tough is if someone's convinced they know how something is done, then that's how it's done. And it doesn't have to make sense. If I do a card trick for you, like if I just was like, Robert, let, name a card. And and like I knew you were gonna say that, and then someone else goes, "Oh, he knew his card because they were the the his his uncle's nephew was in his kindergarten class or some some like random thing that makes no sense." It's no, that's an explanation that they believe, and that's it. So when people call me out wrong, but they're convinced that's how it's done to them, I they got it. Like I'm not fooling them on that. So that gets annoying, but I have ways to to work around all circumstances. Wow. Now now, have you ever been doing say a card trick? you know, I'm going to get your card and you just come up with the wrong card. You know, like I, I almost liken it to like a stand-up comedian, just a bombing a joke. Like, ever been in that situation? And like, how do you? Oh yeah. There's definitely, um, there's definitely been moments where, you know, okay. I, I thought, I thought it was this card and I, some, some, maybe I got distracted and switched the card in my own head. And I was like, that's not their card. Or, or I generally just forget what their card was. Uh, I've had those moments. Um, but I pivot, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways in which I pivot. So like if I show a card and it's the wrong one and I don't mean to show them wrong and I really think that was the right one, I, I could just pivot from there and I could just, you know, act as that was part of it. Like I intended to show them the wrong card. <laughs> yeah. Maybe ask them what their card or just do something else and then um, just get the right one and do some kind of flashy change or something and act like the first thing was intentional. That's not always intentional. I get it wrong. Some I do have some tricks where I show the wrong one on purpose. Mm -hmm. The times where I show the wrong one not on purpose and I get it wrong, I just I'll just pivot. I just find it in a different way because they'll never know that I actually messed up. The two the, I can do both where I mess up and intentionally mess up, and you won't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Are you at the point where you think if you were on like that Penn and Teller show where they have to like they guess your trick, they'll automatically know what trick it is? Do you think you'd be successful on that show? Um, I definitely would be successful because that show is really about you know the audience. There's a lot of great magicians that do tricks that they know Penn and Teller would know, but they, it's more for the audience. I I'm around that level where I think I have a good chance of fooling them. I just don't know exactly what trick I would do for them. But Rob, do you know what this is? I think I know Penn and Teller. I, I think I've heard of the show, but I've not watched. Yeah, so Penn and Teller are a very, very famous magician duo. They've been around forever. They have their own headline show in Vegas. And this TV show, Penn and Teller Fool Us, is a show where they're two magicians. They call different magicians and the guests, kind of like a podcast, but the magician will come and do a trick in front of them. And they take notes and discuss amongst themselves and see if they figure out how it's done. 
Hmm. They figure out how it's done. You didn't fool them. You go home. But, you know, TV episode, if it gets aired, it's, you know, great exposure. Yeah. If you do, however, fool them, then a trophy comes down from the sky. They like throw a trap, a trophy from the air and they give you a trophy saying that you fooled them. So it's like a fun, it's a fun challenge for sure. Cause they're very well respected magicians. They know a lot of magic history, a lot of tricks. They've seen a lot. So definitely. Um, so fooling them would be cool. I think I, I, I could be able to fool them at the moment. I have no idea what trick I would do, but that's on my list of things to probably go on the show. I'm not really hoping to fool them. Obviously it would be nice and get a trophy. I just want to be on the show and, and have fun with the routine that I come up with. So Josh, speaking of, you know, respected magicians, honest question here. You have Chris Angel, mind freak, mm-hmm. who's hanging off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And you have David Blaine, mm-hmm. who's hanging off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Which one do you say? Saving Chris Angel, because I don't like David Blaine. I don't know much about Chris Angel. Wow. David Blaine. David Blaine lost me a show because he was, uh, I don't know. I guess you can say insecure. I don't know what the word would be. Whoa. A very Folks, big show. we have some celebrity beef. Please continue. Uh, it's, it's, it's not fully beef, but it was, I had I had this show that I was really excited to do. It was, it was going to be one of a big, uh, at the time before I was really building the celebrity brand, it was going to be one of my biggest ones to date. And it was going to be working NFT week in New York City. For a lot of high net worth individual, a lot of important people that would have been really great to perform for. And they're looking at booking me. Uh, well, the lady that first referred me was a repeat client of mine. She had had me several times before. And they're, they're, they're set, set, sorting out the price, they're sorting out the details. And then I get a text from her and I still have it. I could read read it verbatim. It was, so apparently... David Blaine's people shot down the idea of having another magician at the event. I'm so, so sorry. My clients didn't see that coming either, but they were definitely impressed with your videos. We sent them to the owners of the company and hopefully they'll be able to use you in the future. And I'll keep pushing clients your way. Wow. So, and, and this wasn't a show that David was performing. This is just a show that he was just going to be in attendance for. So I didn't get a really big show just because what? David Blaine was in attendance at the event. <laughs> David that's Blaine, bullshit dude for David that Blaine, reason you've been exposed <laughs> yeah but, well she said david blaine's people so i can't really comment on who i have no idea what who his team is or what that means but for that reason i'm pretty disappointed in that happening so i'm not as big a david blaine fan as i might have been hold on rob david blaine shout out to you however shame on you <laughs> but if you want to come on the show and defend yourself because we're fair here we're at fair. tonic we're a family and we will listen. However, mm-hmm. in the court of public opinion right now, David bad. Blaine, shame on you for what you did to Josh. <laughs> He's got some bad points at Reality Tonic. Mm-hmm. So I were just... you a David Blaine fan prior to that happening? Honestly, I, I knew who he was. Like everyone mm-hmm. kind of knows Chris, but I haven't really watched much David Blaine's stuff before or Chris. I know like I've seen a few cool clips of him like the the frog stuff and the needle through the arm, but uh, I haven't really seen much of his magic because those things are really, you know, the, the the thing about him is he's a freak. He literally trains his body to be able to do those types of effects. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really seen like the, the magic ones where it's like, aside from training your body, what, you know, sleight of hand he does and this and that. But I always thought those were pretty cool and that stuff I would do. Uh, but I liked it. I liked his content. So you're not at the um, point where you would freeze yourself in a ball of ice for... A week nah. in Times Square. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't intend to do any of any of those body stunts. I don't really think those kind of stunts are for me. I could, in theory, do it, but I think it's, you know, the time you put into it is time I could be using much better ways. Um, and then the effect of it is like if I do put the time in and I do have that trick, you know, what's the result? Um, you know, I really want to do more of my time on on tricks and effects that if the world sees it. It's something I will be willing to repeat on end because now I can have a show. I can do that again for your clients or your show and kind of repeat it. So for me, it's more about building something that's replicable. You know, I could do it again over and over in different places. Not wouldn't want to put a lot of time to be a one trick, you know, pony. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not something that I'm going to be doing more than just that stunt, because now when you do it a second time, it's like you already did it. They know you can. No one's surprised. Yeah. I think for me and my payoffs, it wouldn't be the same as what he got out of it. 
So Josh, let's talk about your experience going out in the public and now you're going out to events, you're doing your thing, even though David Blaine did do you dirty, that did not stop you from somehow interviewing or doing doing magic for adult film stars. Were you at like an adult film convention or something? Yeah, so apparently one of the biggest ones is in New Jersey <laughs> and I live right by it. So nice. I decided to decided to check it out and this is still in my phase of building up to to having like a, a brand that everyone recognizes. So my first attempt is this convention. Now it's a sexual education convention. So there's a lot going on. So they have two stages. One stage is just, you know, performers, just, you know, people doing like pole dances on there and entertainment, really all kinds of general entertainment you expect. There's another stage, which is more like educational seminars. They talk about various sex related topics with partners and trying new things and all kinds of different things. They have sex experts, um, you know, host these things. And then the convention itself is like split with like a lot of booths, kind of like meet and greets. And each adult film star has her own or she's under a company who has like a big one and has several stars doing signings, you know, signing photos, taking photos, all, all kinds of things. And for me, I'm new to this and I'm just wanting to get my name out there and do magic. So I'm going around, I'm doing magic to everyone and anyone. I'm networking. If I see someone with a microphone, I'm definitely going to do a trick on their episode. I don't care if it's a podcast. I'm just, if I see a mic in your hand, you're going to get a conversation with me and I'm going to do a trick. I'll tell you it's 30 seconds. We'll make it quick. I know you're busy, but I'm getting on any and every show I could find there networking. And, and I made enough noise that I it's like, Hey, why doesn't this convention want a magician? That'd be cool. So I emailed them. And I made so much noise in their Jersey show that the next one they had coming up was DC. They asked me if I wanted to do a stage performance. And then I agreed. So I made the most of it, had a stage performance. Uh, it was earlier in the day. It was like 3 or 4 p.m. People usually start filling in like as the night goes on. But I think there was at least like 150 people there by the time I was on. So I got to do a great stage show, networked with this company. And now they're one of my clients. And also because of the stars that come there, I know all of them pretty well and personally um so yeah Would you mind sharing i know this is a little personal but we're all about reality here okay <laughs> and tonic and tonic <laughs> what kind of money would an adult film convention performer magician be making um the money really comes from like you're a performer you you kind of have your rate so for me it was the first time um i did it it was just volunteers so they in exchange for my performance they offered me a booth which is valued at around two thousand dollars yes it's it a trade -in. that's not bad so so it's a trade-in but again for me like a booth the trade the value of a booth doesn't necessarily equate to the value i get out of it me being a very a, a very social interactive uh walk around magician i spent the majority of the time um just walking around i had someone man my booth i had a, a film star who really wanted to go and i just told her hey like you could split the table with me. You put your merch here, you do your photo sell, as long as you have my backdrop in the background and everything. And I'm going to just walk around the convention like I always do and network more and, and do that. So the first time I did it was just a trade-off for a booth. And then I explained to them, hey, like, you know, my style, I do more walk around. I do better walking around the convention than sitting at a booth. I don't think that there's value for me in a booth. Can we talk about trading in the booth for money? Because for them, that's a lot of money. One, like, the different, like, it's going to be less for them to probably buy me a flight and hotel if it's not the Jersey show. If it is, you know, just don't even have to give me a flight or hotel. The money they save um, from that is, is exponential because you could also sell the booth, right? You're, you're getting $2,000 back that I would have used for that booth. And you can give the booth to someone else. You know, it's $4,000 of value to them if they switch to, you know, paying me a rate mm -hmm. and expenses. So... It worked and this convention's growing year to year so they started having more budget and by the time the budget starts coming now i've already established a relationship with them they know me very well they know what i could do they know that i could do i have a lot of value to add so now they're talking about my typical rates which you know the adult convention doesn't matter what kind of convention it is it's it's a client it's a show that i want to put on for people now they're talking about my normal range for that but it was a sacrifice where first i had to go nothing but it built into something where you know now i'm getting paid so That's I awesome. won't talk to you about the rate you would give me because obviously we're very, very close. Right. You're a New Jersey guy. You come over here. It's an easy drive. We'll get you some pizza. You'll do a thing. You can hang out with us. If someone from the general public wanted to hire you, let's say we want to do a kid's party or a bachelor party, whatever, what, what would your rate? Yeah, so 
Um, conventions are obviously different. Those are stage shows. So that pricing, I'm not going to get into. There's a lot of factors with that because that's really a lot on like. That's the big deal. Numbers that um, in terms of a private event, like you mentioned, a uh, bachelor party, birthday party, I do all of those. That's usually going to come down to how far it is. So usually around in Jersey, I'm around the four to $500 for the hour range. Um, but I'm a flexible magician. I really like to give the guests experience. So for me, if it takes me a little longer to do all your guests and contingent that I don't have another show or something to get out to get to after, I'll stay a little longer and do more magic for mm -hmm. the same flat fee. So you might get, you know, you're, you're paying for an hour, you might get an hour and a half of magic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it, other, it, it will go up based on other different factors. If, is it really far? Am I going to have to get like a hotel? Am I going to have to, you know, do something specific, create new tricks? There's like, sometimes people request certain tricks with certain props. Maybe they saw something on TV and they're like, can you do this? I'm like, if you want me to do a close-up version of that, I might need, you know, an extra $50 for for the props if you want me to build it. Because it's usually one-offs where I might have to prepare it or sometimes I just can't do it. But usually my jersey rates around the four to 500 an hour. And again, that hour could go a little more if you like and definitely a lot a lot of stuff packed in that time so do you uh like because you do street performing then you'll also do stage performance do you have like a preference i'm sure you know you make more money being on the stage and we don't have to get into that but just in terms of like how you feel doing it you know like do you have definitely a preference? have i don't i don't market my stage show as much uh it's just not the network I've built has been people that do a lot of very close-up related things, things where they don't need a stage magician. So I don't really have quite a network for doing stage stuff. So I really haven't done as many compared to like my close-up. I have stuff all the time. I'm always out like four or five, six, seven times. Like in some weeks, I'm just doing something, whether it's street to content, to events, to parties, to that. So I do a lot. I would say like 99% is like the, the, the stuff. And then that 1% is stage. That's because okay. that's just how often the, the events turn out um so i'm definitely more comfortable with with that but i'm very comfortable with stage i'm working on some new stage shows that i plan to kind of pitch and try to get uh up and running weekly i want to try to do or even like a close-up show where it's not necessarily a stage it's more like what we call parlor which would be like a table like it's an intimate set so maybe a table with like 20 30 guests in the room and they can see the table maybe some sit at the table with me and i want to try to put together maybe a weekly show and talk to my network and see if feasible we could do like a weekly show with like 20 30 guests we charge tickets something like that but stage is definitely something fun i like doing it but close-up is you know my bread and butter let's get personal just for a second all right your social life mm -hmm. must be phenomenal right you always have an always icebreaker have you always have a conversation starter i'm sure you must have a lot of fans how you doing out there in society uh it's good i mean the the people i meet and stuff it's all very related to the niche i see them you know if i meet people through restaurant work i'm only going to see them with restaurant related events or at that restaurant mm -hmm. i don't really see them much outside of that same thing with like the nightlife they all work nightlife right they're doing their promoters their vip hosts their owners they're working the door they're working the club and they're doing the dinners before so i'm going to see them regularly because that's really where a lot of the celebrities are and that's what i'm going for but I'm going to see them at night. So it's good to see them, but it's always the same types of places. Uh, sometimes there's people where I definitely want to get in touch with them more and build that relationship a bit more in a more personal basis than just seeing them at night. But it's hard with their schedules and, you know, proving that like I'm more than a magician to some people is not always easy until like that relationship develops. Right. But yeah, social life is it's pretty good. But it's like this at the same time, it's like the people you see from the times you go. You know, if I were to go somewhere else, I'm going to see a whole different group of people. It's not really like a set crowd that like i'm I, anything i do i'm like thinking of them to bring but do you find yourself getting annoyed though if someone's like like i feel like comedians sometimes go through this like oh you're a comedian make me laugh like every second it's like you're just yeah, a show me a trick you, you know show me do a magic trick uh, and no I, I don't think i really get annoyed the only time i ever don't feel like doing a trick is when i'm at my burnout hour which is if like i went out to the club and then after, so now it might be five, six, seven, eight, or nine a.m. I've been out till then, and I'm on my way home. That I'm really not inclined to really want to do one, unless it's like, unless I see a value to it. Like if you didn't see one at all, then I would love to. But if you're someone that like saw it all night and I'm leaving, and you want to, I'm just gonna tell you like, I just don't want to. Do <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, like, yeah. For me, it's like if you haven't seen it, there's there's a moment to be shared. Mm -hmm. Like you you didn't get to experience, so I don't care how tired I am. Like I want to get, I want you to feel that. 
if you already felt it and you're just like, you know, maybe you're drunk or maybe something, you're just really pushing it. And it's like, I'm going to be respectful, but like, I don't want to, but typically I don't have that moment of, no, I don't ever want to do it. I always, always have it on me for the reason that I know I might be asked. So I, I definitely enjoy it. When you're doing magic, are you just stone sober? Is it like a go against, you know, or yeah, can so you have a couple drinks and still pull it off? You know? Yeah. I think I, I think I might be better when I'm drunk. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't really like to drink, but I take shots with the bosses and the clients. If like, that's what they asked me to do. You know, I feel like the group thing, I kind of have you to perform at my show, whatever, whatever event I am having. Yes. I will encourage you to <laughs> hang out with me in that type of setting. Go ahead. Yeah. So I definitely don't do that. I don't think it hinders me though. I've, mm -hmm. I've performed, you know, I've smoked before. So I've performed high in the past. I've performed drunk. One thing that really changed, I think, is like my tone, um, or maybe my energy a little bit. But the tricks are always gonna gonna work out. It's like a muscle memory thing for me. Yeah, and even like if I'm under the weather, I still will. I'm always focused. I'm not focused on getting the trick, or I'm focused on getting the attention of the audience to get the reaction I want. So I'm always my, that knowing intuitively what what how to get people to feel a certain way. So that's always gonna work. Even if the trick's gone, I'm still gonna have them be like, wow. When did you decide, you know what, I'm going to label myself as a celebrity magician? Uh, I chose that title once um, New York Weekly did a feature on me. And the headline was Celebrity Magician Josh Paley Magic. And from there, I was like, that's it. I like that a lot. Wow. <laughs> I like that name. I love it. So, now, let's talk about the celebrities. Like, I know I watched a little clip there in 22 how many celebrities what was your top five top five like by fame i think yeah by fame the, okay. the top five so celebrities I, i'm not going to include the adult stars because they're all just so big on their own whelms that they just have millions of followers. but i've done a lot of adult stars mm -hmm. long list of them um outside of them i've done you know jaden smith is really big everyone knows who he is because mm -hmm. most of done icon done jaden smith French Montana is really big. Rich the Kid is really big. Two pretty popular rappers. Rob knows nothing about Rich the Kid. Uh, I don't know. I do. I've, <laughs> done, <laughs> I've done a lot of famous DJs. Not a lot of people know DJs, but like some famous ones are like like Martin Garrix is is huge. He's been around for a long time. Um, the the like arguably most famous dubstep DJ, Excision. I did him as well. If we go down DJs, that list is like in 2022. I did like 45 or 46 oh. famous DJs. Like I. Went really crazy with that. How do you find these guys? You got to like go on the hunt? Uh, sometimes it's a hunt thing. Sometimes I get invited to events like, oh, Jay Balvin's huge. I didn't even mention him. He was massive. He, I wasn't on the hunt for him. He walked into my friend's hotel room that night. So I looked like we had mutual uh, connections. At, um, but sometimes, yeah, it's, sometimes it's the clubs I work at. You know, you build a good network and nightlife is very small. They know you from this club. They let you into your place. You let them into yours. Uh, so you build that community. So a lot of times the celebrities go to these clubs. So I go there. And as I do more celebrities, I not only network with the celebrities and the people hosting the events, but like the the circle around them. And so like, if you're like a rapper and like I, I become friends with you and you're friends with this rapper, it's very likely you're friends with a lot of other famous rappers. Mm -hmm. And suddenly if you're friends with this famous DJ, it's likely you know other famous DJs. And so the network I build outside of like the people running the events and like the celebrities at the events becomes a group of people that's connected to other ones so if i do one nfl player this person that i meet also is like hey i have other nfl players if you'd like i have other ufc fighters if you'd like and i'm just like i i'd love well <laughs> you know i want to do it for everyone why not so let me ask you let's go back to the adult industry for a second the okay. adult convention stuff what type of guys are going in there like going to a convention obviously you go in there for business but what right. do, what are we not seeing? Uh, there's, I mean, sometimes people just, you know, people watch, you know, their adult sure. content on their own time. And sometimes people just really love a specific girl, you know, like someone's preference might be really nice breasts. And for some reason, right, like there's a million people you could probably find online that with really nice breasts. But sometimes people just get really grown to like this specific person's breast. They don't want anyone other else's if they want this person. So to have that opportunity to meet them, that excites a lot of people. And these guys, you know, they they go crazy. They're like paying like some of these girls are charging $20 just for a photo. Like a selfie on your phone will be like $20. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. And these guys are paying it like crazy. They're buying all like like the girls bring their stock. Like they have, they take cute Polaroid pictures of themselves that they're selling for like fifteen dollars. They have maybe their own merch that they love doing. Merch is pretty popular. You know, they have shirts. They have mugs. They have different. People buy things. that stuff though. Like people will buy like a porn. Yeah, like these guys are like so obsessed with these girls. Some of these guys like simp like crazy. Like I see some of these girls meet a simp, and that day is like. They're, that simp is their sugar daddy like the girl will walk around the because there's the booths are the girls that you meet you know there's maybe a booth like reality tonic like podcasts might be just having their own station which will be a, which will happen in the future you can yeah so <laughs> yes. like there'll be like podcasts with their own booth doing episodes potentially there'll be streaming stations so some girls are just live streaming and there'll be even like just some people with stores like sex stores love that stuff because they're going to sell a lot of products. So they have like a station opened up where they're selling toys and like outfits. And some of the girls will walk around with a simp, go store to store like, Oh, I love this. Well, and the no simp will buy everything. Like the girl will show the 10 outfits and toys that she really likes from that she sees on sale at the convention. And those guys will buy them for her right then and there. And it's like, sometimes I see like a guy spend like a thousand dollars on like all these things for that girl. And it's like wow. it's on top of like the photos that he got with her for like who knows twenty dollars each plus the DVDs and you know some of them offer like the easiest offers they they have they have chairs they just offer lap dances like oh give me twenty thirty forty fifty dollars and I'll give you a lap dance really quick for like wow. they make a lot on that and I've is seen there like a lot of girls like walking around topless and stuff I feel like where is it kind of yeah more so. So, so it, yeah, it's definitely like with that convention, the rules are different. So you, I don't, they're not allowed to be topless, but they could just put pasties on and that's it. Mm. Practically topless. Um, usually like I, I, I just know like the outfits because I see pictures later. I, just, I don't look around because I'm busy. I'm doing my stuff. Like I don't, I wouldn't even notice. If <laughs> You're just sitting there I mean, eating I'm, lunch I'm at a porn like, convention. I'm so busy. <laughs> like, because like for me, every time I go there, it's like always new networks or building on past networks. And I'm just, again, like I just want... Um, the business aspect of it for me or like they have big followings maybe i do a trick with them because those videos do well so i don't know but like these guys that go man like they'll wait in lines just to get a picture like some of the the bigger the bigger girls will have like a line that's waiting like two hours just to get a photo with them and mind you like they're paying like money for this so like these girls some of these girls probably make like you know 5k in a day in photos like the really top ones so can you give us a list for our male viewers out there uh yeah. who you've met in person what top uh, celebrities met, like, in the adult industry i mean i've met i like saying stormy daniels because that's someone yes. i've become close with over the years oh by the way can we talk Dude. about this after we need to get her on the show i messaged her and she doesn't respond <laughs> but i don't want to seem like yeah. that guy she we'll doesn't talk always about respond to me either she doesn't always answer my texts but shout i see her stormy. shout out to Stormy. yeah i see her a few times a year um wow. so yeah me and her have gotten like pretty close i know her husband i met him the last time i saw her so me and her are pretty close. I say that because everyone knows her story with mm-hmm. uh, the, the lawsuit. Uh, and then really like the Brazzers girls are the biggest ones typically. Like Angela White, like that video did really well for me. Luna Star. Yeah, that's Rob. You know Luna. Uh, they that's do well. Funny. Violet Myers always has like a crazy line. She's a pretty frequent person. She's a regular at these kinds. She her lines insane like her and angela white probably had the biggest one the last time i saw <laughs> it's just a line full of dudes all all waiting to meet it's yes. just an insane line um now do they and, ever ask you to be in their films uh, <laughs> and just like uh, maybe yeah. not even have sex but just like do a trick like yeah in the you're background like, you're like what are you doing here and then you know oh yeah you're I, like the I, pizza guy but you're like did someone order a magician you know yeah they, they've said like it'd be a fun idea like if i were to work in that industry because like there's there's no one that does that right no, yeah no so That'd it would be, be funny i don't intend to pursue that route at the moment That's celebrity magician <laughs> slash adult film star. yeah so i don't i don't plan to join that adult but but like you know they're, they're all there. like at the end of the day like all these girls people know them for those kinds of videos but like when it comes down they're all really cool people like they're just like you and i like they're very friendly very fun so they they have they joke around and they're really cool people to be around they're cool friends i don't I don't want to do anything. So wait, that we can we can get a booth over there. It's gonna cost you want to buy it? If yeah. The, if I paid the money, like a couple oh my god, of course, yeah. All right, Rob, pack your bags. We yeah, can and split then, it. Honestly, 
honestly for, for you guys the beauty of it is the guests are right in front of you, you that's know, you what just, i'm saying you, you just because like for you it's like if you're just a podcast that's like say you just came as a guest like to walk around and meet people for but you, you tell them about your podcast you have to schedule this or that here you just say hey we have a podcast we're at that booth come over to our booth come over and yeah. like you're just driving and the fact that they're you know at your booth doing it will draw a lot of other people there and you'll probably like Honestly, I, I I would bet money that if you had like your real, reality tonic shirts or merch just for sale at because of girls interviewing with you at the convention, I'm sure random guys would just go and buy it. You will probably sell your merch for that exact reason. So you want to buy, buy a mug? It's only $40, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't think a mug, baby. I'll have Stormy Daniels say, I love reality tonic mugs. Yeah. Storm, right, Stormy but... might be tougher one. Stormy's yeah. always like her mm-hmm. and um, she's very like, I don't know what the word would be, but she's like, she keeps to herself mainly. Good for her. Um, not very her a lot. going crazy. She's just there. She does her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just hangs out. She's not the easiest person to like impress or or that, but a lot of other people, like there's a mix of people. There's industry people that are very friendly and there's new girls and different people that are like up and coming and they're all like jumpy and excited, good energy. So, you know, you'd say you have a podcast. They're like, I'd love to, you know, it'd mm-hmm. be cool. Some of them are just trying to get their names out there. Mm-hmm. podcasts are a great platform for that sure are gonna do it rob if you want to go to a whole other a whole other dimension next stop yeah the doors, the doors, the doors right That'd there be a fun one though just like talking to some actual stars and then the fans that's yeah. what the I other really... thing is like if you do that avenue you guys will like so i know another podcast that, that i that i did they had me on their their christmas show at the end of the year um, it was kind of just like a their normal episode, and I was just there, and I did a few tricks. Uh, they're called the Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll Show. They're part of Gas Digital Network, but you know they're mainly dr- rock and roll, not sex. They do a lot of bands and you know guitarists, drummers coming on, but they had like a few adult stars on their show, and I don't, I don't know to what quantity. I haven't watched many of their episodes. I honestly, there's probably the only podcast I didn't watch the episodes before I came onto the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they even got nominated for an award because like the award show for the adult film stars, one of them is called AVN Awards. Mm. Now they have like obviously best scene, best this, everything related to adult film. But there's also an, uh, some podcast awards, like best podcast, oh best this God. and that. And like, so like you got, I think there's maybe it's like best adult podcast is an award. I think that's the name. So Rob. if you start to interview people in the industry, I think that would make you eligible for the award. I know that that podcast I mentioned they were nominated. Wow. They didn't win the award, unfortunately, but they did get nominated. So it's still pretty cool. And not everybody can say that. Spencer would love to win an award. I just want to get that out there. Anything he could present. I'll present it over Zoom. Hey, guys, sorry, I can't be there right now. I just want to say thank you for this. Just this long list of everybody wants to thank. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely like that's one thing I discovered recently is like there's so many award shows for different things and like I never really look I never yeah. really look at them because I'm like, am I eligible? Like what is that? and then I look at some of these are like straight but like I had this this article coming out on me for for one magazine writer uh that I met at the convention. She writes for a lifestyle magazine, but they write about all things. So she wants to do a feature of me about my magic. And I was like, sure. She tells me about the awards, and apparently there's a best entertainer award. And like, even though I don't have much affiliation with that magazine, I'm eligible. If people nominate me, I'll be eligible. So now I'm kind of chasing that award because even though it's a random, in, in a sense, random, because not a lot of people know about it, like it'd be cool to win Entertainer of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? So definitely looking at different awards this year. That's one of my goals to win as many awards as I can. Well, so you, yeah. have our, you have um, our nomination. Thank you. Now, Rob, mm. before we get into probably the most sought after moment in the history of audio <laughs> and visual, do you have oh any God. other questions? I don't think so. So before I ask this special request, I just want to give a thank you and a shout out to our friends over at Gate City Graphics who make us these fine stickers here. Check these out. Speaking of adult Those are awesome. I want one. I'm going to say. (laughs) If you want one, you can get one. Folks at home, if you want one, you can get one. Just give us a DM. We get these ones too. They're adorable. Gate City Graphics hooks it all up with everything. They're out of North Carolina. However, they will ship everywhere folks you pick it they stick it gatecitygraphics.com check them out over on instagram as well and uh yeah shout out to them so josh 
Yes. Very special request for you. We're about to wrap up. I don't know if you're okay with that, but before we go, do you have, I don't know, any type of tricks up your sleeve? I have I have three tricks that I've prepared for the podcast. And the oh, beauty of them is they don't take long. So um, the first one is a card trick. So we're going to have someone. So I'll, I'll run them down. So the first trick is a card trick. We choose a card. We do something with it. You'll see in a moment. The second one is a celebrity trick. We're going to have a celebrity selection. I won't go into details on it. And then the third one is a set of choices. And we talked about the word free will at the beginning of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So this trick we'll refer to as free will. So that's going to be the third. So for the first one, either of you can be the one to choose a card. Don't choose it yet, but decide who's going to be choosing the card. Go ahead, Rob. Just number and suit. So, okay, Rob, so I have a deck here and I want I want it in frame when we do this so that you don't think I'm doing anything. You could, yes, any card, number and suit, but there's also Jack, Queen and Heart. So you might even choose a face mm-hmm. and technically Ace is in a number. So you could choose Ace through King, any suit. Okay. I don't tell you, I keep it in my mind. You could say it out loud. Yes, this is because it's virtual. It'd be very difficult to, to read your mind. <laughs> totally. Yes, for folks at home, this is virtual, but please check us out on our YouTube channel where you can watch this trick. Okay, <laughs> that's a <laughs> good plug. Um, six of spades. Six of spades. Are you sure? Yes. Now I'm going to take the cards out of the box, and I'm going to show you all the cards are facing you, which means you should see no red backs. Hold on, you're all zoomed. Oh wait, you're oh, you're blurred. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you said that there should be no red backs, right? So you see deck of cards there's no red backs facing anywhere there's one one red back on your that one the only red back facing would have to be the wow that was pretty cool thank you yeah that is a little unfortunate with the blur so if anyone's watching we can redeem ourselves now i got the blur sorted um but that was legit though rob are you impressed that was cool i was honestly like oh no like you you've messed up like there's and then that's my card. So bravo. I'm going to use, I don't have any paper with me, but I have a four of spades. Uh, there's space in the middle for me to write something. Sure. This is where I'm going to write a prediction. Now for context, I mentioned that we have a celebrity trick now. So let me explain what that means. I have in my phone, and if we were in person, you would be holding it, but I'll show it to the camera. I have a list of celebrities. Now, before we begin, I need to write this prediction, and I have to keep the prediction in plain sight because uh, you might think I'm switching. And there's a lot of nuances of virtual magic because of the fact that stuff could be hidden. So I'm going to show that the four of spades has nothing written on it. I'm going to keep it in frame the whole time. So let's see. Who am I feeling? Okay. Let's go with. Go with this now i have to keep this in frame the whole time so you don't think i'm switching it but i will also have to grab my phone in a minute that's spence in my phone i have a list of celebrities numbered one to 100 and i'm gonna turn the phone screen and when i turn the phone screen i'll put this in my mouth so i can scroll through give me any number one to 100. just say it nine are you sure you want nine or do you want a different number i'm sure i want nine okay i'm gonna go to my phone Okay, I'm going to keep this here. Um, let me turn both me and my phone so you guys see. Now, here I have notes. Okay, and we blurry, but okay, I have a list of celebrities. I don't know how to get this. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Unblur. Do you see this list? Yeah. Yeah, we see number nine. Can, can you read it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who's at number nine? Can we tell you? Yes. It is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Now, I have a prediction. It's been here the whole time. On the four of spades, I wrote. Dude! That is the weirdest thing. How, dude? That's crazy. How did that happen? That's fucking cool. One. (laughs) We talked about and what leads us to the third thing, and I'm going to utilize this space right here. Yeah. is free will you had the choice of any number and you had the choice of any card that was your own free will so what i'm going to do is i'm gonna move this can you see these chips right here yeah yes. yeah beautiful so keep I'm your eyes to, on them rob yeah. leave this piece of paper 
over here. You can see the bag as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, um, who's going to uh, make a choice? I, any of you guys. Go ahead, Rob. I'll make a choice. Okay, pick one of these. Um, let me go. For me, it's. I think it's to your right. My right would be that here. one. That one right there. Okay. Okay. We're gonna take this and put it in the bag. Okay. Now, choose another one. Let's go with the opposite side one. This yeah, one. that one. That one. You want this one? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna push it towards you. That's gonna be yours. Okay. And that leaves mine okay mm -hmm. now if you were here you would read the note i'm going to take the note out okay and you can read it through the screen but this is yours do you see what's on yours mm -hmm. a star and i'll face that and that means i have i have a, a square nice okay? and in the bag we will have the third one which is a triangle, triangle. so you have the star we got the square triangles, the bag. This paper right here is called free will. Can you read that for us? Free will has been taken. I am holding the star. You are holding the square. And the bag is the triangle. Wow. The perfect match wow. for the decisions that you made. What the fuck? Look at that. Folks. That's crazy, dude. What That's an awesome. Experience. That That's is amazing. Fun. Josh, thank you very much for sharing those tricks. Where can we find more? Yes, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Josh Paley Magic. That's Josh, J-O-S-H, P-E-L-E, Magic, as well as my website, joshpaleymagic.com. All right, folks. Hell you heard yeah, it that was awesome, man. Josh I'm, Pele. I'm jazzed up, baby. Josh Paley Magic, thank you very much, sir, for your time. And folks, we are signing out. Wake up to reality, to reality. To reality.